Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. My name is Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. Exciting news today. Um, we are now a real podcast that is on a major podcast vendor near you. It's the Apple Podcast Emporium. Or whatever, it's not called Apple Podcasts anymore or something, or it's not called the iTunes. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, you can subscribe to this podcast on on iTunes now. So that's very exciting. There's news today. I was like, ooh, what? I got excited. (laughs) (laughs) No, not not like news that like would. I was like, oh, wait, no, I already knew this. Which is all of the other news. (laughs) Um, And for the. you know, those of you, including you, Amanda, I know who are uh, Android users. Um, hopefully by next week, we will be in the Google Play Store as well. And, um, you know, if you've got a favorite podcast app, um, tweet at us and we'll get it in there. I know you use another one, Amanda. Um, I do and I don't know what it's called. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Um, apparently, I was reading, I was like going to try and get it on Spotify today too. And um, then I was reading that like Spotify like has a, what they call like a curated podcast um, like selection. It's not just like everything that literally everything in the world like on the Apple podcast. Um, I know. And I was like, so it's like they're like a more selective. I'm like, get out of here, Spotify. All right. No one needs your curated podcast selection. Well, that sounds good. We've got got ours, so we'll keep you guys posted on other um, uh, platforms for listening. Yeah, and we are not the other boob tube that is hosted by two women. That there, is there is no listed. other boob tube. <laughs> no, there's not. There's not. Just make sure you are subscribing to the one with uh, that says Amanda and Sarah on it. <laughs> just for no reason, but just make sure it's that one. So uh, how how far are you in uh, X or sorry uh, ER? Oh, that's a really good question because I uh, was literally just watching it, um, like as <laughs> like turned it off and came in the room to record this podcast. Um, almost at the end of the second season, um, but I honestly, it's like it's like at least seventy percent of what I'm watching on television. I I mean, I'm watching other some other things as well but it's just so compulsively watchable and if you need some if you like get the flu or it's just like it's just so watchable um and you know it really was one of my like my white whale in terms of streaming television um because i think i mean i don't know at least i had a few tv shows that you know i was like desperately wishing were um on a streaming service and like I think it's generally for rights management issues when they're just inexplicably not um and yeah it was really my white whale I I was just longing for yeah it's been had been so long since I'd like been able to watch it regularly in syndication you know I I just like I have picket fences still out there somewhere in the netherworld uh, which used to be Picket Fences was like this David E. Kelly show from the mid 90s um, that was never as popular as like it was like pre Ally McBeal pre like oh God, was she, I think Chicago Hope was another David E. Kelly one. We also have Boston, Boston Legal. Legal. That's a that's and, and Boston Public. Cannot believe I know that. Do you, and <laughs> Boston Legal is the one with William Shatner and James Spader. 
um, which really is like, I just, I, I can't with that pairing. Um, but then there was also Boston public, which was just, you know, so I just thought such, even when I was like 14 years old or whatever, when that show was airing, I was like, this show is fucking terrible. It was just like, it was just the epitome of like old people being like, this is how young people are. And it'd be like, you know, the teacher who like cares too much and he like brings a gun to school to like, you know, scare straight his like students or whatever. And it's like, uh, it it just it was such a bad show. But Picket Fences was a show about the town of Rome, Wisconsin, um, and all of the wacky shit that went on there. It was just like a your standard kind of like wacky small town fair. Um, but I loved that show. It was really good. There was some. It actually, fun fact, they tried to do a crossover with the X Files, um, and both. Uh, creators were like totally on board and because there was a whole storyline on the show about like um cows like a cow that gave birth to a person or something there was like something about that and it was gonna have there was gonna be this like it was gonna turn into a storyline about like methane gas ufos i don't know and they so there was like all set to be this x-files picket fences crossover and then um ABC would not let them do it. They were like, we're not doing a, a cross network crossover. That's not, this is, this is just beyond the pale. So Picket Fences is like still out there. It's like not, you can't watch it anywhere anymore. And I loved this show so much. Um, and like it, you, there used to be one season that you could get in DVD form from Netflix and, um, pre-streaming but anyway i don't know if you have any like white whales of like television shows that like i don't know i don't think so i don't i feel like i can't think of any tv shows that are not on streaming i'm certain i watched it them is hard you, in, like, you know in the 90s yeah but i don't know is i was thinking i was thinking about this like is alias on any platform that's a good question so i don't even know if i would like actually want to watch that my sister and i watched that regularly when you're in like middle school and high school yeah yeah we watched it regularly and we had no freaking clue what was happening the entire time like we would openly just be like do you know what's happening no oh my god (laughs) but it was we had kind of everyone no idea on that show and like find out if alias was on here because it's a really good question um and it is not alias is not that's a good one oh is veronica mars on any streaming platforms I do think the Veronica Mars is that on is, Netflix. I think it might be on Hulu. On Hulu, okay, because that would be one. But other than that, no. I mean, I remember. I I would. I was thinking also Mash, the television. Oh, Mash show. is a good one. Yeah, the, the movie old ones is on, are probably hard. Yeah, the movie is on uh, Netflix or Hulu, um, but the show isn't. Hmm. But then, but the, the 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 fact is, you can just turn on the television. And, one of like three stations is going to be playing like a four hour mash marathon. So right. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's a good point. I would imagine that the older shows are a little bit harder also in terms of like the rights and things like that. Another one that I just realized that I've actually never seen. And I don't think, I don't think is streaming anywhere is lost. Um, which I, I think Lost is now on Hulu. Is on Hulu. Okay, I Hulu's think been so. like catching up massively with the. It's like I I now, um, kind of consider like Hulu my my 
television watching like mainstay over over netflix they don't just, netflix doesn't have that much new stuff so no um yeah but i i just like uh, bless anyway, yeah them it's an for interesting adding. question yeah yeah i mean so i i think like there's it i know that we take a lot of this for granted now i mean i used to i think a lot of these maybe you can get in dvd form it, you know rather than oh like, certainly from from netflix um but i just who has netflix dvd rental anymore i don't i mean um our I friend guess, ramin does yeah okay like really movie obsessed people yeah <laughs> i can see having it yeah. yeah but otherwise i'm like i don't care so um tell me about your week what uh how was your week in television i really you know i didn't watch much i've had kind of a a long week so i didn't really have um much room for television in it i watched another episode of the lava field that mm-hmm. that icelandic uh moida show mm-hmm. but um i've only seen like two episodes they're really long like Still i love watched, it. it's like, called lava field <laughs> yeah, so well good. it's called something else in icelandic <laughs> that i won't even embarrass myself by trying to pronounce i think it starts with a <laughs> noise but <laughs> that's um, three j's yeah yeah exactly and like an n but um it's I'm like you watch one episode and you feel like okay I just like watch like three episodes but it's only one and I'm still not sure if I'm interested and I can't tell if it's because like it's in another language and I'm uh too simple to like deal with a foreign language almost certainly that's it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know because like it's harder to you have to like be watching every time and like there's a lot of the thing about it's like you know when it's a kind of procedural based when it's just like people talking in rooms and stuff in another language it's like you're, you're mostly just reading mm-hmm. and so it's hard to like get a sense of like what inflection was on what word and everything yeah so i don't know if that's you know part of it but um i actually don't uh, think i have watched a tv show that was in another language like i maybe have seen in an episode of something here here and there but i don't think i've ever regularly watched a series that was that was not in english so i respect the effort yeah i mean i've watched shows that are in like you know the, the shetland islands of of scotland so it almost and, sounds and, like another <laughs> right language, and like but... barely decipherable as english yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but i think i mean i, I don't know I, I think i'll keep watching it was highly recommended by people i trust and it's really pretty like and, and yeah. i don't know if you know this about me um sarah but i've been to iceland I so know you that. know i did know that i've heard that once <laughs> i think i've seen a picture or two yeah, um it was cold. but um, it what is... did you watch this week I uh, I think I may have mentioned a little bit last week that I was going to be watching um, One Day at a Time, which I did kind of get into. I watched about half the first season. Um, if you don't know about One Day at a Time, it used to be it was a show from the 70s. Um, and it's just kind of like in that wave of like kind of, you know, like working class um sitcoms you know like Mm -hmm. the jeffersons and um yeah exactly but like you know kind of but like a generation before like your roseanne's oh i see but like in the 70s and there was like a big wave of these kind of like um yeah yeah you know yeah like working class sitcoms and this is uh this is about a single mother and her two daughters um living in this kind of like rundown apartment and and their super whose name is schneider kind of like you know kind of like get gets in on the action kind of like in a in a um threes company sort of like you know wacky like and me kind of you know 
Um, mm-hmm. And so the the show, you know, it was like a pretty standard sitcom, whatever. I used to watch it on Nick at Night when I was a kid. And um, so the, the reimagining of it, I know we were talking a lot about like unnecessary revivals, but I do think it's kind of cool when you bring a new spin to a show. So the kind of take on the show now is it's still a single mother and her two kids, but um, she is a kind of first generation American. Um, her mom immigrated to the U.S. from Cuba. Um, her parents immigrated to the U.S. from Cuba and, uh, she is herself, um, is herself a, I think her name is Penelope, um, a vet from Afghanistan, like she was in the Afghanistan war, um, and had her two kids with a fellow soldier who's actually now works in like private security, still lives in Afghanistan. So they're separated. And, you know, it's like she's trying to raise these two kids. Her mom lives with her, her mom. And so um, she's played by Justina Machado, who I know mostly from um, Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then her mom is the great Rita Moreno. Um, and it's just a really sweet show. It's I think the episodes are maybe a little bit long for a sitcom. They're like a solid 30, 32 minutes, which is a little bit lengthy, but it's just like a really nice, like throwback. It's not really ideal for binging. Cause it's not like, it's like a sitcom. It like everything pretty much wraps up at the end of the hour. You're not like, I got to see what happens next, but it's kind of, I can see myself watching it like on a weekly basis. Like we actually used to do with TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of like, I mean, it has a laugh track. It's like a multicam sitcom. It's like everything about it is very old school and it totally works. Um, and, and so I, I just can see myself like, yeah, maybe I'll just like watch like one or two episodes a week and actually treat this like it is a TV show, you know, that, yeah. that I would have watched in, in, uh, in the olden days. Um, but I really like it. Uh, I'm going to keep going with it. The second season just um, came out on Netflix. This is on Netflix um, as well. And I also watched the premiere of Two Dope Queens, one of our mutual favorites. Yeah, yeah. I I think this might be actually when I find a way to get HBO on some platform or other. um, So I can watch that. Because I also really want to watch the new Steven Soderbergh show, Mosaic. Yes. I have heard about that, and I um, I think you should – I'm all for this. I, I think this is a good move for you. You can watch Tudor Queens. <laughs> I think it's the um, responsible choice. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, honestly, I was a little bit disappointed by the Tudor Queens premiere, but it's like I, – I think the podcast has, like, a very intimate feel to it to me, even though it's, like, usually people in, like, some kind of comedy club or, like, something. Um, but I don't know. It just – they're in this – you know, Jessica um, Williams and Phoebe Robinson, it's basically just, it is just a, you know, a visual version of, of the podcast more or less, but it's Does it bigger. have an audience? It has a huge audience. Oh, okay. It's in a massive theater. And I think that each of the six episodes, I think there's six or eight episodes and I think they're each in a different city. Like they were on a tour and that's how they filmed it. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I, I'm wondering if they're all venues as massive as this one was, which was in Brooklyn. Um, they seemed a little bit nervous, maybe, um, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Um, they didn't have quite the, like, quite the, the you know, the, the rapport that I 
love so much on the podcast and Jon Stewart shows up and um, it's it's good. I and, you know, obviously the way if you're not familiar with the kind of structure of Two of Queens, it's um, Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson kind of frame the show doing kind of like a setup at the beginning and at the end. And then um, there's usually three comics um who do short stand-up acts um throughout the show and then maybe there's like a sit down with like a moderately famous person Mm -hmm. john stewart-esque person but i'm excited for the rest of them i hope we get into like a little bit more of an easy banter i hope also that it doesn't mean the end of the podcast because i love the podcast but yeah i've been missing it it, i know yeah they're they're in a hiatus right now i assume like mostly you know they were filming this show but like it's just a, it's a different feel and it is a different, you know, people complain a lot about when, when folks try and take their like podcast on the road, um, mm-hmm. or like do a live version of it and it doesn't always work. So, but you know, this is HBO. I'm mostly just glad that Jessica and Phoebe are getting that HBO money. Like good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. They're making it. Um, we were going to talk a little bit briefly just about, <laughs> um, this week's Exiles as well, which I know you did watch. Uh, I w- so I watched it twice because the first time I watched <laughs> it, I was like, I don't get this. And I, th- I don't know. I might've been like half asleep. And then I watched it again yesterday. Um, and I'm still like, just not clear on a lot of things. No, it made either. a lot more sense this time. Things fell uh, into place, but I'm still kind of like, why it. did he have two boys? Okay, so the because in the episode, it's they they somehow find they find William because Scully has a series of visions that leads them Scully's to son. Yeah, yeah, they find Scully and Mulder's son. Um, well, maybe not Mulder's, but they right. they find <laughs> it because Scully has these visions, like sleep paralysis type visions, and they it leads them to this crime where these two teenage girls killed each other. And the idea was that each of these, both of these girls thought that the other one was a monster. Um, and apparently this was due to the powers of persuasion or not persuasion, but like um, they, they each have the same boyfriend who is William, though his name is now Jackson Vandekamp because he's been adopted. But Jackson um, Vandekamp. he basically has this power to make people see things that he wants them to see. And so they each think they see a monster and then they kill. They try to kill each other. They survive and everything. But it's not clear why he has two girlfriends. I'm really hung up on that. They don't I, really talk about that, do no, they? I don't think that they do. I, I assume it's just kind of a ploy to, I mean... Well, these two girls are suckers. And I, I assumed it was just kind of a, they're sort of like playing up this like slender man aspect where there's like this, like, they think that they're seeing like some kind of mythical monster. That was and, created and, by like a message board online. Right. But... Like an internet phenomenon monster. And, and I kind of thought that like, it was just a way to sort of see that in action which is like yes but no my issue is why he has two girlfriends why he's playing these two women i mean again like i'm just like maybe it was just a way to get them both to us they both had a reason to go to this spot and it it could have just been friends yeah (laughs) like why does he i just i don't know i'm still hung up on that it's weird i read like four recaps of this episode and i'm still no closer to understanding really what happened yeah um like I, I was really waiting for more of a Scully showcase episode this season, and I guess this was it. But um, 
it was a little much like it was just someone I read one of the recaps I described described Jillian Anderson as over-directed which honestly I can I get that yeah <laughs> we were just kind fair. of like went from zero to 60 like really quick literally we like find out in one scene that like this is maybe Scully's son and literally the next scene she's like sobbing to the dead body so- like sobbing giving this like monologue right to his dead body. It's very uncomfortable. I hate it. It was weird. I didn't get it. I mean, we were both anticipating a steep drop off in quality in this show after the Darren Morgan episode that it seems more or less we've uh, we've we've gotten to, but the, we also just both found out. I totally thought that there were six episodes in this season. Um, yeah, surprise! Surprise! We there's actually ten. I think there's yeah, ten or eleven. I guess so. Um, so I just found that out this week. Uh, I, I was like, I read a, one of the recaps. I read was like, well, we're now halfway through the season. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought there was one more. I can't. I honestly don't know if I'm disappointed or excited. I'm kind um, of excited. I'm kind it's of more excited. opportunities. So. It, yeah, and I know essentially nothing about the second back half of episodes except that apparently one of them is about Skinner, which I'm here for. Um, because yeah. Mitch Pelegi can get it, honestly. Um, <laughs> man looks just fine for being like 70 years old or something he's not no 70. no i don't think he's 70 that's bad karma <laughs> he's probably Whitest. like in his he's probably in his mid 60s though he's also uh, supposed to be uh, a vietnam vet that's like skinner's oh, whole deal that's true yeah so if he was like potentially in his 20s in the 1970s like you yeah, know he's, he's 65 all yeah. right you're fine yeah, yeah. and i'm telling you he looks good. He make the man makes a salt and pepper beard really just incredible. Yeah, yeah, feeling. he looks great. Um, so I think what we were gonna really deep dive on this week was uh the good place, um, which we haven't really talked about much this season. Um kind of And been, now the season is over. And now it's over. Yeah, we've kind of been like quietly savoring the episodes week by week and, and we were just like thinking maybe we would just save uh kind of a overview of the season once it was once it was over. Um and it was such a good season. It was so good. The show just keeps surprising you. You think you know where it's gonna go, or you don't even know where it's going to go. And every episode is a twist. I'm always feeling like they're moving too fast. Like Yeah. Like uh, you know, like I felt that way at the it. beginning of this season where they, the the premise is that they've been rebooted in the fake good place, bad place. And they, um, and like they keep running, keep being rebooted and having to learn over and over again that they're actually in the bad place. And they do this all in the course of one short, like 20 minute episode. And I remember just yeah. thinking like, like, hold, like, hold on, like, slow down. This is, like, good stuff. Like, what else are you going to do with this season? It's like, oh, well, they had so much more to do. Yeah, um, I mean, if you if you don't, kind of, like, backing up for a second, if you don't know about The Good Place, I mean, we probably are going to get into a little bit of spoilery territory here, but um, I think that the show got a lot more buzz this season than it did in the first season, where I don't think I really knew much about it until it was already over. Um, and I think it was recommended to me by our friend Amy, I think. Um, and, but it is about, we kind of open on, in the first season on, on, um, our main characters showing up in what they believe is heaven, the good place. They've all died. Um, and 
they kind of go they're they're told that heaven is basically um a a neighborhood that you live in with a bunch of great people and you meet your soulmate and you live in your perfect house and everything is exactly as you always would have wanted it to be there's a frozen yogurt store on every <laughs> corner and then over the course of this season we kind of find that not all is is as it seems to be um our characters are constantly frustrated and incredibly unhappy, which doesn't really seem like um, should be the case in heaven. Um, and of course, uh, that's because it's not. And uh, they have actually been tricked into, um, you know, thinking that, that they're in heaven, but this is actually a grand new experiment um, on the part of an architect in hell who is designing a new type of torture. It's not hell, <laughs> uh, it's the bad place. Yeah, it's it's the bad place. We have I do love how the show kind of sidesteps the concept of I think like religion and like biblical Im- implications. Well, they and they addressed that in the first episode, you know, Michael played by Ted Danson says you know, like Buddhists got some things right, Christians got some things right, Muslims, etc. But then the person who got 74% of everything right was this stoner dude in Calgary in 1972 <laughs> that just like said, you know what I think happens after we die? And he just spouted it all off. But So it's very a-religious in that sense, but it definitely has a very moral center. And, um, you know, an interesting thing about it is that there is so much philosophy in it. And, um, like, I was reading this article um, in the Chronicle for Hi- of Higher Education about the f- two philosophers that show creator Michael Schur contacted when he was getting this idea off the ground and then have basically become philosophical consultants for the writers on the show. Um, and it's so fascinating and it's so interesting because, um, you know, they it's the show really is about how like what makes you a good person and like can you be a good person just because you want to try to be a good person or mm-hmm. does it have to be something that naturally happens to you yeah i mean do people really change um you know can you you know can you is is self improvement like a real concept um you know i think a lot of people tend to even be after you're dead even after you're dead um and can you become a better person in the afterlife i mean i thought i I was kind of saying like i think that that the good place is the best show about redemption um since angel the buffy spinoff which uh Hmm. was was kind of at at its core a show about this formerly evil character also kind of doomed to an eternal afterlife yeah um uh, as a vampire, a sort of in between place, in between afterlife and life, um, trying to basically like make things right um, after being a, a horrifying murderer during his time as a human. Um, and I it just, I, all right, I, I also think the philosophy aspect is really interesting. I wouldn't think that a show that is about these kind of like really big ideas i mean really a show that were where there are literal kind of short punchy funny lectures but lectures nonetheless about different philosophers um moral relativism and moral particularism and i mean i've actually learned a lot honestly yeah well apparently one of these philosophy professors that was interviewed for this story i don't think he i i could have it wrong but the 
he wasn't one of the, the show consultants or whatever, but there's a professor who uses all 26 episodes of the first and second season of The Good Place for his intro philosophy class. Oh, absolutely. And has them as they go through their... They're watching each episode and then reading the relevant texts and everything. Yeah. I'm like, well, I want to take that class. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I can absolutely see. I, I remember the only, I, t- I took one class on ethics and kind of philosophy. And, oh, that's and why you are the and, way you are. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm saying I took one class. So, I mean, I'm basically like, I mean, I'm an, I'm an expert. This class was in two. You're as good as Kirsten Bell's character, Eleanor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I took one class in 2005 and I'm set for life. Um, and like, I just, I, I would, I can like, it would have, having this would have maybe, you know, made me actually pay attention in that class if I was learning about uh, philosophy from, you know, the likes of Kristen Bell. But you know, I think the the characters are our four main characters kind of change quite a bit over the course of the show. Maybe um, not Jason Mendoza. Maybe from not. Florida. Maybe I think he not. kind of is staying the same. Yeah, our 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 God dear bless sweet him. Jason. I am here to learn about ethnics. But you know, the biggest transformation probably comes from Ted Danson's character Michael, who is sort of the architect. Um, and their their sort of guide in the in the bad place, our character's guide in the bad place, who starts out, you know, just wanting to torture them, um, and really comes to love them. Our our core group mm-hmm. of characters, and it's like you know, I think he realize comes to really realize, you know, the the idea of of well, um, and he's also learning what, what it what it means to be human, and he's finding it season. kind of enjoyable from suspenders yeah. to feeling ang- what is it anger and confusion and more emotions and yeah <laughs> yeah and, and learning about You're human basic. slang oh that was one of my basic. favorite moments of this um, the penultimate episode <laughs> with um sean michael's boss um and well yes. good janet pretending to be bad janet But how could you betray your own kind like this? Who taught you how to turn a human inside out by reaching down their throat and grabbing their butt from the inside? You did. You got that right, sister. And this is how you repay me. No, spare me this sanctimonious lecture. You never cared about me. In the words of one of my actual friends, you're basic. It's a human uh, insult. It's such it's a good devastating. joke. <laughs> you're devastated right now. I think it's, and I mean, we're talking about like bosses and things like that. I think the other, like one of the other really wonderful core jokes of the show is what a hellish right. bureaucracy the afterlife is. Um, and just, you know, how there's just paper pushers and there's red tape and there's bosses who are terrible and those bosses have bosses and you have to sit in meetings and like, you know, it's just like one thing after another and it's just, it just kind of like the, I mean, maybe the good place isn't like that, and there's <laughs> some kind of like magical hierarchyless, you know, system that makes the good place work. But in the bad place, it's just like, you know, it's a really flawed system, um, just like you know every other yeah. every other system on 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 Earth. Um, it's just just as bad in the afterlife. So. I love that. I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, um, and for just yeah, three. to return to um, you know what I was saying earlier uh, about how the show constantly is reinventing itself and just rebooting basically. Um, 
I'm just, I'm really excited to see where it goes for season three, too. And uh, something I was thinking about with this, the season finale is like, well, the first season finale packed such a punch, right? It just was one of the biggest twists in um, current television. And I was like, can they do that again? Can they have a, a finale that seems like super impactful that you don't know where this is going, but um, it's really exciting? And I think they really did. I think they nailed it with this finale. I think so, too. I loved it. I mean, I, I this show is constantly reinventing itself. It seems But you know, if there it's a group of them, it's probably frankly. them just having so much fun <laughs> coming up with all respect. these crazy things. I absolutely and it's a lot of the creative team, I think, from Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. Um and which is a show that I honestly eh, didn't love. It I was a little like too a twee for me opinion. at times. Um Parks it was a little too twee. It's very, I mean, honestly, there's a lot. It's funny because I was thinking about when I was thinking about our notes for this show, um, how much learning there is on The Good Place. And I was thinking about the old Seinfeld <laughs> mantra, no hugging, no learning. Um, and and how this show really is kind of the opposite of that. There's lots of hugging, lots of learning. But there's a real bite to this show that comes mostly from um, Eleanor Kristen Bell's character and and how the various ways in which our characters um were you know not great people flawed people um in 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 their you know time on earth and parks and rec always just it was like a little too much hugging for me it it was like (laughs) like it just is like a little too earnest for me um but but there's some there's some like the great things about so Parks and Rec, like very enduring, hilarious things, like from characters to little like tidbits, like like little Sebastian, the the town pony and stuff. And then it was funny in this in this finale. Um, at one point, Eleanor, and when she is returned to Earth, is get, she's reading a magazine called Celebrity Baby, um, which I found a screenshot of the cover, and it's hysterical, like all the little headlines. But the advertisement on the back cover is for Jean Ralphio uh, <laughs> champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was so there is speculation that the good. Place yeah, I don't have time for that nonsense. Um, I think they're just jokes, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. It is fun to have those articles. So I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm I not gonna deny that it people matters. they're fun and speculating on that. But I don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't know if it matters, but if oh it my means God. that we see that would be Sebastian great. Um, in an episode of yeah. The Good Place, then, then I'm definitely here for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you haven't caught up with The Good Place yet, recommend that you do. It's on Hulu, both both seasons, um, and we, we're already signed up for a third. I don't think that they've been committed to a season beyond the third. I'm not, like, 100% sure that they need a season beyond another season, but... Um, you know, again, it's it's a show that has like completely been turned on its head each of um, each season so far. Right, and like right. if they can just keep that up, I mean, it's in incredible, incredible writing on this show. Um, so that's awesome. Um, and we found a couple of other great articles that were mostly just highlighting what a what a delight and a 
um, national treasure, Ted Danson. Yeah, my, one of my favorite uh, things was, like I guess, so Jamila Jamil, just, who plays Tahani Al-Jamil, she, uh, which means congratulations, beautiful. <laughs> um, the She had never acted before, <laughs> and so I guess she was giving this interview in GQ and was talking about how she was kind of nervous on the first day, and here's the quote she says, I'm going to read it in a British accent, okay? All I remember is that Ted was amazing. Mm -hmm. He kept pretending to fart on me just to make me less nervous. And while that was perfectly disgusting, it was also incredibly effective because how weird when Ted Danson keeps making fart noises and pointing his bottom at you. Ah, so good. (laughs) She she was also talking about how she was going through a breakup oh, really? during the filming of the show at some point, like a bad breakup, and he basically Aww. just like kept making fun of her for being sad, which like, which is could be really annoying or incredibly effective, and she found it incredibly effective, just where you're kind of like sitting. Yeah, because like, like, he seems like I'm a real joy to work with. He calls like, her it's, potty, it's um, silly. potty mouth Jamil. Because she has such a foul mouth, apparently. And then I was also watching these, like, <laughs> outtakes from the first season where, um, like, they're, like, waiting to start their lines or something. It's Kristen Bell and Ted Danson standing next to each other. And Kristen Bell, sa- like, he says something nice to her or whatever. And she's like, you're my favorite man. Well, my second favorite man, like, clearly referencing her her husband. And he, Ted Danson says something like, oh, I know you're just saying that, but I really appreciate that. That's so nice. And he's like, I'm sure I'm in league with hundreds of other people, but I'm just happy <laughs> to be part of that group. And I was like, oh, it's so earnest and sweet. And it just seems like it's such a nice, like, wonderful what a nice person. environment. Everything I've learned about how, like, Michael Sher runs his shows, it just seems like a really delightful place to work. Yeah, Jamila Jamil seems amazing as well. I had no idea before reading this GQ interview with her that she um, had never. She's so funny. She delivers lines really well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I I God, I want to hang out. They're probably my favorite cast. Um, I've because I've always loved Kristen Bell. I think she's awesome. Like a consistently cool person. Um, You know, because I know her really well. So. Yeah, yeah. But no, this mm-hmm. the cast yeah, you for sure. And yeah. yeah, Ted Danson, you mentioned just like how um how like great his performance has been. And he's just like such a likable person. I love that Ted Danson endures like, yeah. multiple generations now. I mean, even though most your pro your average twenty five year old who's watching The Good Place has probably I mean, or like maybe, maybe Becker. I don't. I don't. I didn't, remember Becker. Yeah. Oh my God, Becker. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. Ted Danson is. But no, boring, I mean his man. his turn is Sam Malone um, and Cheers is yeah. certainly the 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 top. Yeah. Which I mean, was why, like, in this episode like, when she yeah, goes to the and, bar and, and then she's like, "Let me have an alcohol drink, bartender," and then suddenly Ted Danson turns around and he throw he flips the towel on his shoulder. I like actually squealed. I was like, ah. It was, it was great. Yeah, he, his character kind of insinuates. We don't want to get. We don't have to get too into it, but his character winds up insinuating uh, himself into this position as as a bartender who uh, Kristen Bell's character does not know in this context. And um, and yeah, it's just so such good. a clear was, like, Sam Malone totally for the back. fans. So and it was at uh, the reference. bar called. So uh, What's the name of the bar? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, the bar was called Sting's Desert Rose. That song. You should play a clip of that ridiculous song. Yeah. Things Desert Rose is so good. I love I love a good, you know, shows shows that can really pull off a good pun. I think we've Well the show it before, loves it. But they're just you know Yeah. yeah. It's it's just a, such a sign of quality. Um so this week, uh, coming up, anything that you definitely Yeah, I think I if I if I can get HBO, my act together I'd want to watch pull the plug on uh, that mosaic because i do like steven soderbergh and i like a good murder mystery and sharon stone's in it so mm-hmm. i'm curious about it how about you yeah um i've been wanting to watch yeah. this show the yeah, end of the fucking world um i may have talked about it last week and i i and uh and i'm gonna i do want to try that i'm also what I'm going to not be watching this week is oh my god thank you that's the Olympics n- nope not watching I'm not no I don't I've, care uh, about the I'm, Winter Olympics I hate the Olympics I do like the Summer Olympics oh, I'm not like anti Olympics across the board I find more things that I like do you want to know why Olympics, I'm, you I'm gonna tell but, you why um, I don't like the Olympics um the coverage yeah. is unbearable to me I don't know how people like can sit through. An hour of NBC Olympics coverage. Yeah, because it it's like eighty-five percent. Oh my god! Um, it is just the most like treacly. It's so bad. And if it's skiing, it's usually like here's how they. Uh, this is why I don't ski. I do not ski, and it is because of the Olympics. Because I've seen, I feel like fifty. <laughs> Uh, you know, tearful profiles of skiers who <laughs> like uh, had a bad fall and either like recovered from total body paralysis or like didn't or right. like destroyed. Yeah, I've only their been skiing once for, and like, I got a concussion, so to, like, I'm not gonna do that up. again. But yeah, no, the coverage exactly. is just nope, like, unbearable to watch. It. There's so little actual action, but so many terribly overwrought commercials the whole thing is so commercial and like capitalistic and then on top of it just like the whole like they they just insult you constantly by saying like this is about the world coming together but then don't actually show you inspiring stories from the rest of the world nor do they show you events where um americans are not a shoe-in for podium and i just find the whole thing just like so dishonest the the olympics itself are fine um yeah in concept but nbc's coverage is horrible and then the actual international olympics committee is deeply corrupt they waste a ton of money moving to all these new cities yeah, and building these villages yeah. that then just are like empty all the time um they like displace people like usually low-income people in the countries where they have to build these like giant one-use villages anyway so no i'm not watching the olympics <laughs> not watching the olympics i do think that the i think the opening ceremony is friday night um i i think i think it's i do will say this it seems like it seems like an interesting moment in time for the olympics to be in south korea um just you know where we're just who knows forever on the verge of a nuclear war with their neighbors to the near north i don't apparently kim jong-un's um sister is going to the um to the opening ceremony and it's the first time 
a member of the family has gone to South hmm. Korea, like may- maybe ever. Um, so I, that's kind of a little bit wild, but, and then there's all the crazy craziness about, um, you know, the Russian athletes being banned and, um, there's a lot of drama going on this time. I will say that, but I'm just not, I don't, I, I'm like, I'm, my reasons are less interesting. Well, thank you for calling my reasons interesting. It's nicer (laughs) than most people would say, I think. Yeah. They, as, as our, as our, you know, main topic of the week, you know, being, um, you know, what is morally and ethically good. It could be that, um, your reasons are, I am nothing if not consistent. I am curious about how the, um, the opening (laughs) ceremony will go. It makes me think of that one line in, uh, 30 Rock with, uh, Wesley Snipes, the British man that Liz is dating, but hates. Yeah, his name is Wesley Snipes. He's like, you would, you'd name. pick the British man every time. Um, but uh, he talks, because it's right before the London the London Olympics, and he's talking about the Beijing Olympics, and he's like, did you see them? And he said, Liz, we can't control our people that way. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, so uh, we'll good. talk about the things that we watch instead of the Olympics next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we will. And um, that will, I don't know, we'll see what that will, we'll, maybe we'll make up some sports that, you know, we. Um, yeah, mine will be falling down the icy stairs. 10 out of 10. Games. 10 out of 10. For Amanda. Yeah. yeah. You're always so good at that. All right, Amanda, Um, we'll be signing right. off for the week. Bye, Sarah. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Good night.